Ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Comedy Fitness Podcast. And you're probably asking, Don, how do you make the Comedy Fitness Podcast possible? That's because I have an awesome sponsor, Title Boxing Club. Okay, I want you to go to titleboxingclub.com slash Alfreda. That's a club I teach my comedy kickboxing class at. You can find me there when I'm in town teaching and preaching real health and fitness lifestyle without taking it too seriously. We have a lot of fun. So I want you to go to titleboxingclub.com slash Alpharetta. You can also call them at 770-864-5492. That is 770-864-5492. Come to Title Boxing Alpharetta where the punchlines hit hard. Yeah, I know. But they do. You can lose weight and have a lot of fun. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Peace. Five, 25 years. Oh, man. And I had done them for a while, and then I started doing carnival. Yeah. And I've been doing carnival for about 18 years. So, okay, 25 years, man. That's fantastic. So, like, you like that was old school boats, some of those boats, because you're still young, though, man. You know, First of all, we're black. Black don't crack. You know? <laughs> Yeah, intimate. Crew got to know each other. We were like family. And it was really, really. Uh, and you were on them longer, right? Yeah, you'd be on them like uh, at least two weeks, with as many as ten weeks. I, t- I spent ten weeks from Boston to Bermuda. And, uh, oh man. We the, the ship would go to Bermuda, dock, stay there for three days in a row, then you get back on the ship. Oh okay. And so I was hanging out in Bermuda. Man. I was hanging out with. Oh, uh, yeah, were you really? Strippers at Bermuda, that's fat. No, no, no. Now was running this karaoke spot. Now I was going there and sing. And she was like, you know, uh, would you mind? It? And she liked me. So she was like, hey, would you mind coming there? You know, I do this like thing on the side. We do this because it's like illegal. Is it stripping's illegal? So, yeah, the, so they had a. It's illegal now, but at the time, it wasn't. They're like, well, we kind of do these little private parties. And, you know, <laughs> the bouncer. The bouncer. She said garments. They take off their garments. All right, I'll do it. So that was my like side gig. Oh, that's funny. So you you do your shows on the ship, and you'd get off, and you're like, "Hey, we're doing karaoke stripping." Yeah. If everybody wants to come, underground karaoke stripping. That is funny. Hey, everybody, that's it. <laughs> oh man, that's a good segue. Hey, everybody, this is the Comedy Fitness Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes. This is Don Gray trying to bring something new, something fresh every week. And you know what I do? You know I interview the best comic that I got around right now. I got my boy Jerome. No, man, no, not just the. Nah, you know how I, we've been killing it all week on the Carnival Fascination. Thank you for working with me. Thank you for doing the podcast, man. And see, now, that's what I want to talk about at first. Let's talk about the comedy on that ship particularly. The Fast Station is a different type of ship because it's different than any other carnival ship they have where the demographics are different. you got a large percentage that don't speak English. It's a seven-day crew, so you get older demographic. You get people who have the time to take it off. And then you also get people who join in Barbados. So that can be a lot of Europeans. That can be a lot of island people. So we're dealing with a lot of different demographics on that ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, and that ship traditionally. Some instances in other cruises, it's uh, it's kind of 
Man, it's not so many people that go out to the shows a whole lot. At least in the end. No, I no. came on at the end. You know, well, that's the thing that this ship is an anomaly. On most ships, the ship, the shows are packed. You know, you know, we do our thing. You know, you know, they, they love us. They, even, but it, the shows packed. The shows are almost always packed on all the ships. On this ship, it shows because of the demographics, the way the demographics laid out, and also there's six ports in seven days because of the way the ship. Every show, exactly. Every show isn't packed. So to me, this is more like kind of um, tough. Some of the rougher rooms on land. Because on this ship, you, you got to work a little harder. You got to do more crowd work. You got to make it more personal. It's a big room, but you might only have it half to a quarter full. And that's for every week. That's everybody. Every comic. Exactly. And the, to be... No, and see that it's good and bad. I know a lot of comics that don't like it because we're used to a big packed room. And let's be honest, that's easier. A big packed room is good. Keep it rolling. I mean, our job is never our job is our job is never easy, but it's easier when you got a big room. You know, you can kind of spread it out. Yeah, spread it out. Do a lot of crowd work. Exactly, you feel it. But when you got a big room with a little, with few people, that's when you really got to work and, and push it. Yeah, you and, gotta have some serious material because what you think is thirty. Exactly. And nobody in <laughs> Exactly. You take out. <laughs> exactly. The volume of laughs and the applause breaks cut down. You realize all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's 15 minutes. Ah. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons I like that ship. And also I love the run. I love the fact that we get on and get off so quick. But now, so you've been, you've been doing, like I said, you've been doing ships for about 25 years now. And you've seen it change. Yeah, you've seen it go to, uh, you know, what do you call it, the heyday, when, like, the gig, the gig to me has always been good. I know. It's cool, man. You come in, you eat your food, and mm -hmm. do your shows, come home. But I know. You don't have to worry about it. And then one thing that's good about it is, uh, you know, 10 minutes before the show, you can be in your room. Yeah. You just walk upstairs, do your show, and you walk back. Right boom, boom. And then you, you got to drive somewhere. Exactly. You're already there. You're already there. No, and I. But you're on a boat, so you, you're not quite at home. No, it's it's different, but you know our job is always travel, and I find there's always you know you find some comics that were conflicted with it. Like for instance, I've been doing it about nine years now, and when I started, I know that a lot of comics thought it was hacky, but I knew it was the path. I knew this was a good way to go for me. Drying up. That's everybody. That's everybody. Everybody was talking that junk wants a job now because it's the best gig going. And then, because my thing always went, even nine years ago, I was like, guys, you guys are wrong. And I told him, I said, this club stuff is dying. And also, the agents and the bookers, they have way too much power. They're going to take advantage of us forever. And it's going to get worse. And I knew the internet was going to impact our business. I didn't realize how much and in the way it is. Like, I knew that, you know, hey, it'd be important to get some YouTube presence. I didn't realize that a YouTube star would take over a comic at a comedy club. If, if you're a YouTube, if you're a YouTube star with no jokes, you can still pack out a, a comic club. Will give, but to the seats, so a comic club will give you a chance. I know a lot of people that are starting to do that transition. They're working on their YouTube stuff in order to get in stand up instead of because we we've been doing is working on a stand up. Think, 
But I find that uh, all those cats said it was hack. Now want it, but then also I think that this is the real place where you really get good at comedy because you, the people who came on that ship did not come together. They're from Texas, Oklahoma, Spain, Europe, Paraguay. If they're in the, and they're in the audience, different demographics, and you do a joke that makes them laugh, that means that joke is funny. That means that joke is internationally funny. It can work anywhere. Exactly. The joke isn't about Waffle House. The joke isn't about uh, what you guys did downtown in the downtown square that everybody goes to. Because everybody knows that when you, when you do a city, you can make certain jokes about that city, about this. But <clears throat> when you're on the ship, you got to do jokes that hit everybody. You know? And I think that's... Yes. Yes. You got a two-year-old staring at... You got a kid wearing pants, wearing pajamas, staring at you at 6 p.m. And you got to give him a show. Everybody deserves a show. You know, I've always said that. Like, I don't care who you are, you deserve a show. You know, I mean, that's why I, when I first got on Chips, I did not believe in the family show. I thought it was a violation of my freedom of speech. I was, I, I was that cat. But then I realized, I'm like, you know what? Everybody deserves a show. It's not a violation of my freedom of speech. It's making me grow. You know, I got to make this two-year-old laugh. I got to make this 80-year-old laugh. It's okay if they don't want to go to my R show. I understand that. But I still should make them laugh. Like, I, I get it. Like, I was like, I should be able to say what I want to say. If it's funny, it's funny. I'm like, nah. If there's children, I, now I have a kid, too. And, and listen, I don't want them dropping F-bombs on my kid, either. I'm like, and I drop F-bombs. You know, I say fuck, I say fuck shit goddamn all the time. But my thing is, if I bring my three-year-old to a show, hey, man, how about do some jokes that everybody can laugh at? I mean, I get it. A lot of them might be for, <laughs> for the kid. And then, you know, you know some are for the adults. The kid won't get them. But, I mean, you know, I believe in the family-friendly shows now. But it took me a while to embrace that. But now I really believe it. Yes, bigger demographic. When I first started comedy, I remember a guy was telling me, uh, was helping me guide me through this. He says, you know, I'm not going to tell you what material to do, but uh, the cleaner your act, the bigger your audience, yes. the potential audience. And uh, the, the more profane you are, the smaller your audience. He says, now, that small audience can be huge. Like Eddie Murphy was known to be like, <laughs> yeah, you can go blue. You I agree. I think you all have both those sides. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now, some subjects, if you talk about, I'm banging out from the back, you know, okay. That's no, it. sex is sex. Yeah. But it's still, even that, to me, I find there's ways to talk about everything, right? Yeah, and if you, you substitute words and do yep. it in different ways. Sometimes it's funnier. Way to do it. I find the dirtier the subject matter gets, the cleaner my vernacular gets. Because I, 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 I find that's funny. I like that. I kind of like that, you know? Yeah, and actually, if you substitute words for just the, the common F word, the S bomb, it could even be better. It's more creative. And people appreciate that more. No, exactly. That could, that could work a lot better, so. 
you know, quick sidebar, you're with the Comedy Fitness Podcast, and by the way, me and Jerome just got off the Carnival Fascination. We are in the Avianca Lounge here in the San Juan, uh, Puerto Rico airport. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, they got... They, They, oh, see, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> Get a little bit. I'm a little bit. Right. No, I don't blame you, man. I, I had a, uh, I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't drink off ships, but I had a glass of vape. <laughs> That's what I, but, um, but no, man, I think the, the lounges, you know, being a comic, traveling much we do, lounges are important to us. Like, I always tell people it's worth paying for the lounge. And like, you know, the TV, the free food, and you know how it is. We we've learned to work mini buffets. We can we can take a few pieces of cheese and, some, and make a double decker sandwich. And like, where'd you get bacon from? I didn't even know they had bacon. You know, we can figure it out. But th- but uh, I just want the audience to know at home or in the car that uh, that if you hear any weird noises, it's because we are in the lounge, and, and <laughs> we are at the San Juan Airport, and you're gonna hear a lot of Spanish. Exactly, we we got we got to share the space, but now okay, man, you, you comedy been been killing with comedy for for twenty five. You've been doing comedy with over thirty years now. Yeah, probably about right right around what is it? Yeah, right around thirty. Thirty. I've, I've been uh, started around eighty six and went uh, wow. full time eighty eight. No, was all in L A. L A. New uh, L A. Oakland. Oakland. Oh wow. Okay, so Cobbs and okay, okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The, uh, club called Charlie Good Nights. Charlie Goodnights, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was in Raleigh. In Raleigh. Raleigh I could never get in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I can remember some jokes. So, you know, I did a bunch of, I said, like, who, who can I do that I know they wouldn't probably know? So I said, so I threw in some, I said, well, they'll know Richard Pryor. So yeah. So I threw in some old Cosby, some old uh, Red Fox. So you were doing, you were doing, at first you were doing Carrie Jokey. Yeah. Carrie yeah. Jokey. <laughs> Jokey. Uh-huh. And I, I added some original stuff about fraternities and sororities. Gotcha. And I got on stage, boom, and it hit. And you got the bug. Yeah. Yeah, because then you did the transition. You're like, okay, now I got to write my own stuff. I can't, <laughs> you know. Okay. Tommy Drake, but it, did you know Tommy at all from back then? No, I never met him. Oh, okay. A quick sidebar, that's a guy we know. Love you, Tommy. Oh, okay. Well, you know how it is. A comedy universe, we all, six degrees of separation, usually less. We all know each other a little bit because we have to go to the same places. There's only so many places to go. So, but now you've always incorporated the singing. 
Yeah, because yeah, you got a voice. You can sing. Figaro, hey Figaro. No, but uh, yeah, I've always put some 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 type of musical something, some little song parodies, some little mm-hmm. dance. When I first started doing this thing, I was doing this. Um, there was this dude that came to my college that would. Uh, he's kind of half retarded. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but he he really was he really slow, like really mentally slow. He's oh. But he would always show up. Okay. Okay. And he would always come to the cafeteria, just come and hang out. And just talk to people, he hang out. Michael Jackson song, he would just stop whatever he was doing and stop and just start jamming Michael Jackson, just like he was possessed. <laughs> and he's, he was cockeyed. Yeah. Across his eyes, so it was like he was Stevie Wonder doing Michael Jackson. <laughs> so one of the bits I came up with was a, a, a Stevie Wonder Michael Jackson mix. And so I did that. They were like, That's funny. I was acting like I was Stevie Wonder and it was like, and so I always would incorporate some of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just a little Fritz impersonation. So I always put that in my uh, acts. Actually, I'm working on a show now that's got more song and dance stuff to it. Well, I think that's what you have to do as a comic. I mean, I think we all have to expand our universes. Like, you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a website, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever you do, whether it's singing, juggling, dancing. I think all of us these days, I think these days you have to. I think it's important. I mean, I think. I don't care what career you're in. I mean, this is advice to everybody in the comedy fitness universe. I think it's about careers, plural, these days. Yeah. You have to have a certain skill set that can operate in a couple different areas because the way they... Yes, because the way... Big time diversify because the way the economy is changing every 10 years is some type of evolution. You know, I mean, whether I don't care what you're in. And that's what I think we have to do. I think we have to roll with the times. But I think now, is this is a, a like an off-Broadway thing or... Like something you're writing yourself? Or? Oh, yeah, something I'm doing myself. I just want to incorporate, because I used to um, sing in some bands and choirs and stuff. And then uh, I even did this little mini concert on the ship, Carnival Pride. Hmm. We had an off day. Our last day was, uh, we had no shows. So I got together with all the musicians and said, let's do a jam session. Let's make a jam session. I talked to some of the singers in the production show. They were like, deep. Oh, they're going to take me. Yeah. I'm like, well, we're just here. Let's yeah. Mm-hmm. Me, them, and I got the um, uh, Sean Leahy, who's uh, working in the office. He's like the head music guy in the office now, and he was the band leader. Mm. And it was like a you know, twelve-piece orchestra. So oh, nice! He wrote the charts, so we did songs and uh, did some comedy skits with it, and gave a forty-five-minute concert. And we did everything from I just come out with Doc of the Bay. I was singing that and Lionel Hello, and then we did uh, Jay Z. Uh, this is with Umbrella Without. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, so we did that, and we did a little thing of Elvis. We had uh, Joey was like four foot four, looked like Joe Pesci. <laughs> and uh, his wife, Gloria, was a Filipino. Uh, she couldn't have been much bigger, yeah, but she wasn't much bigger. Everybody say, <laughs> but couldn't have been, but yeah. Think Elvis made him Elvis, and we were the L-Vi. <laughs> the L-Vi. Now, did you do? Did you guys keep this running for a while? Or? Yeah, we did about uh, 
Oh, yeah. And so, uh, man, I tried to do it with some other uh, people, and then we were about to do one, but then the cruise director got real anal. That happens. That happens. The show was already completely just had people in it. Yeah. He came to a rehearsal. In rehearsal, I don't, you know, you don't do nothing for a while. You just go through the motion. He was like, well, I don't know what that rehearsal. I don't know if that's up to the standards. I said, dude, you know what we can do. I'm about to say, we're all, we're all before. Rehearsal. We've been doing it, man. I don't sing out for a while. We don't do nothing for a while. It's just rehearsal. When we get on stage, we got all anal about it. But I find sometimes uh, it also it took probably took away from his spotlight. I know, and everybody feel it, you know exactly in an extra show, and they don't. Hey, you know everybody. You know it could be crap. It, it, entertainment, entertainment, egos. You're dealing with egos, low self esteem, and then a lot of times people like they're like, eh, if it's not me, then I'm not gonna promote it. But that's why I think comics have to do their best. To, you know, it comic comedy can be a very solo sport. But I know that um, the biggest hookups and the best jobs I've ever gotten have usually been through other comics. And I always tell yeah, like, young comics. Some comics will help each other out. And I, and, uh, networking is important, you know? Really cool, but oh, yeah. But again. No, exactly, and he would know that. But well, no, you you know you got to put your reps in, and practice is important. But like practice is never the game, <laughs> rehearsal is never the show. But I I always think that there's like a little bit more going on. I don't you know it's not that everything's Machiavellian, you know a little bit of that. But but now okay, so incorporating the singing more. Now let's talk about comedy fitness podcast. We got to talk about fitness. Now you've been working out your whole life. You've been, you're yeah, in good shape. But then you were you were you were you got big there for a while, weren't you? Like force feeding protein. Yeah. The heaviest I've ever been was probably one ninety, and I. That's the nice size. One one eighty or one eighty three. That's cool. And uh, but I was into the, like getting built because I was always a skinny kid. Yeah. I was like in high school. I was like five ten. And I was wrestling 120s and 127. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, oh, you're you're a lanky. Yeah. I feel you. Like a trunk. Yeah, like a trunk. Yeah, like a trunk. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, there you go. And so I like the look. Working out and started getting. Uh, I said, "All right, I'm gonna stick with this because I want to gain some weight." Yeah, you want to get big. Ideally, I said, "Once I get to 180 pounds, I'll be cool. I want to be 180." Because um, as soon as I went to college, I was just 150. That's yeah. my natural weight. I was normally skinny, mm -hmm. and so I started working out a little bit there, but not a whole lot. And then when I got out of college, I started doing it more you know, bodybuilding. <laughs> Well, I find, you know, it kind of goes along with entertainment. And first of all, a lot of times there's aesthetics involved in it. You got to look good. But I think with comedy, a lot of times the gym, I mean, a lot of comics aren't as healthy as we need to be. But a lot of times, pot bellies, smoking, drinking, doing, 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 doing the bad drugs, all that kind of stuff. But now, 
I always find that for a lot of us, though, it's our center. You know, keeping a workout going, it helps focus. And now, did you find that it helped that for you? Like, it was more of a, especially on the ship, I find it's a good time. Like, it, it, it you, you get fat on the ship, you, you drink sh- sugary beverages, buffets, and then I also find, you know, boredom. And I find the gym also just takes up time. And a lot of it's good. And, you know. And now, so how do you avoid that? Now, so did you did you gain some, when I first started chips? I gained some weight. Did you? And then find us a transition. Okay, because you eat good now. Yeah. I've been. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kept that focus. You kept. Sometimes I was a little too obsessed with it because it was like, damn, this comedy show is getting away in my workout. <laughs> now I see. I find that happens sometimes. I find that there's a high end of a uh, of fitness that people can get to, whether they're uh, you know doing it professionally, like they're a trainer, or whether they're just into it, like you were, where it becomes a job or an obsession. Like, it's basically an aggressive hobby. Well, like, like you said, you would literally be like, I can't believe I got to do my job. It's getting in the way of my leg day, right? Which now you're like, I can't, that's, you know, it's backwards thinking. But at the time, you're like, yo, man, I got to put in this work. It yeah. becomes an addiction. It becomes, I mean, it's a healthy addiction, but I find it's what drives people and it really works. And I find, you know, it can be good and bad. But for the most part, you need that in order to get those gains that you really want. You need a certain level of obsession. You need a certain level of focus. Like, to all the people out there listening right now, if you're trying to lose weight, you need that level of focus. You need a little bit of obsession, even for short periods of time. Because yeah. it... Consistency is more important. You, know, you can't just lay off for a week. Okay, I'm going to put in five hours today. No, no. Mm. It's not going to work well. You're going to end up getting injured. Yes. And you're not going to build as much. Your body can't take pretty much. If you lift the weights, it's 45 minutes at the most. Yeah, I tell... I tell people shorter, shorter, I tell people all the time, shorter is better, and also, you know, when you start getting, like I'm 44, when you start getting older, anything past 35, recovery days, you gotta take that time off, I know now that I manage my recovery days, I find I get more out of my recovery days than sometimes I do from working out, now that's a little bit of a joke, but for the most part, it really is. Exactly, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I was following the bodybuilder thing in his magazine. They'd be three days on, one day on. And then somebody told me, hey, man, you can't do that. Yes. So they can recover a lot faster. And sure enough, I was, I was overtraining and didn't know it. You're totally overtrained. Mm-hmm. And I read one book, this guy, uh, I guess when they came up with that, uh, Myoplex. Yeah. Whoever ran that company, Myoplex Light. Mm-hmm. Um, had a book that came out about this little booklet about working out. And he was like, nah, it's going to be, most people doing it much too too intense. Do one day on and one day off. Do it that way. Sure enough, I felt a whole lot better. Yeah. No, for people that are, like I said, like people like, you know, you get in that focus where you're really intense, you're really going for it, or you're a professional athlete, or you're a trainer, or it's your job, 
I find that they can get into overtraining a lot. Like for a layman, for a normal person, it's hard to think about overtraining. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't train at all. Getting to the gym is overtraining. Get, getting to the gym is overtraining. But I find a lot of them, a lot of people like, like I've gotten in that place where I just train too hard. Like I've been going too crazy because you think more and more and more and more. But it's not about more. It's about doing it smart. It's always about training smart, not training more. You know. So you were working out in the cabin earlier. It, where, didn't you do some exercise in the cabin yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, you took, what, 30 minutes? Yeah. I did a little uh, 12 minutes on this. Um, I'll take some little warm-up thing like um, Tybo. Yeah, Tybo P90X. And action. I stretch and stuff. Do that in the room, and they can do various push-ups and all that stuff. You're surprised. You get a whole good workout. I was telling some people, I said, actually, you can do your housework and a workout at the same time. Yes. You can do a set, you know, like, you know, and I was uh, told a couple of people, you don't have to go crazy like 20 squats, 20 push ups, and then go wash the dishes. Mm -hmm. 20 squats, 20 push ups, and then go. Uh, Work it, working so, clean. Yeah, go uh, you know, mop the kitchen. And then do uh, a bunch of uh, crunches and that kind of thing for 10 minutes. And then get up and uh, sweep the living room. Now, I've done that before. Throughout the day, Vacuuming. Five minutes here, 10 minutes there. Before you know it, you probably got an hour workout in during the day, and you got all your work done. I like so that. I like this, Jerome. We can give you credit for it. We can do the comedy fitness uh, workout, clean cl the clean out workout. Yeah. Right, who can work, where, where, where we have, we have, you can do the the music. <laughs> Set it up. You have people work out for work out for 30, 30, 30 seconds hard, and then you clean up yeah. for for one minute. Thirty seconds hard. Thirty. What they go? The, the 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 Jerome comedy fitness cleaning workout is coming. Push ups. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. It, it, it does. It. It's, a, it's a cumulative effect. Yeah. No, I find. So, on a typical seven day cycle, like how many on, how many off? You really take all what? Uh, I don't even uh, measure it like that. Mm. I, I try to. My mind wants to do an hour a day, but the reality yeah. is. Yeah. Hey, it's working though. I don't do really intense anymore. I still stay, say, all right, and I just calisthenics, yoga, and stuff like that. No. Then I'll go, sometimes I'll go to the gym when I do the leg workout. There's some leg workouts you can do in the house. But yeah, I'll go to the gym for the leg workouts because of the heavier weights. So I'll do that, but I don't go for the thousand no, speaking about tearing up cartilage, okay, you have the same knee injury I do. We both tore our patella tendon. Yeah. You did yours actually. No, no, no. That was, that was a hard injury to come back from. You you, you did your. Yeah, you did your. We did about the same time. You did yours uh, actually playing basketball, though. You were actually doing a grown man playing sport. I did mine going downstairs to get a cheeseburger. So a little different. But same basic injury. And so I found, uh, man, the rehab was, was, was the big. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But but now I still wear the brace and we compared scars. Your surgeon was better than mine. <laughs> you have a, your scar is nice thing. Mine's pretty clean, but mine was long. Mine do sliced up my whole leg to get to my. But 
But now, do you have any effects now, or do you find that is the rehab part of your normal workout now? Yeah, I do. Um, I always stretch now. Yeah. Throughout the day, every day, even on workout. Yeah. I'm always doing some, some stretching. Oh, uh, Me too. At least a couple times a day or so. And then, uh, uh, well, after I did all the rehab, no, I'm fine. I mean, my, my flexibility is all back because before, one knee, my, my right knee could touch my butt. Yeah. But my left knee. Uh, I mean, my, not my knee, my uh, your heel. heel, your heel to your butt. Yeah, do that stretch when you stretch out your quad. Always. Yeah, always. Okay. And uh, but after the surgery, and I worked it, worked it, worked it to the point where I could touch my butt with my heel. Uh, now with the, with the surgery, like, so I worked that back to. How you doing on balance? Did you find did you overwork the other knee? Because I found I had to watch that a little bit. Because a lot of times you have a knee injury, yeah. you put too much pressure on the other knee, yeah. and you really got to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, he had a physical therapist who was on me on that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that helped me was rehab because you just man, it's major pain. Yeah, it hurts. I was in good shape, so I could do things on one leg. I could literally bend down on one leg and reach. Grab stuff. Yeah. And have one of us extended. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my biggest thing when I had the injury was I, I did my best and I was good at it, not gaining weight because I was terrified that I wasn't moving. I'd eat the same, gain weight, and then been injure myself. Extra pressure. No. So how long has it been? been two years? It's probably been about uh, 40. Okay, because, yeah, mine was about three years ago now. So, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm not going wood. I still wear this brace, but I feel good. So now, Comedy Fitness Podcast, sitting here talking to Jerome. Appreciate you talking to me, man, especially in this beautiful lounge. I think they're putting out some new food. You know me. I think they got some new snacks out. But before we go, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're still. Yeah. Yeah, they. I don't know, man. I might do one shot before. You know, we got a little while. It's early still, but we might. It's nine o'clock. So, but hey, man, before we go, I wanted to know anything you want to promote? Anything got going on? Your website? Where can people find you? JeromeComedy.com. So, other than doing the boats, I got. Well, I'm working on a musical. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Big voice fills up the room. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a story, a quick story that uh, she was going to sign this contract with Clive Davis. And then she was in the room to sign a contract. And Clive Davis was like three rooms over in the studio recording. And then, and then the guy says, Yeah, I heard you. We're going to sign your contract. But I got to hear, I never heard you. We got to hear you sing. And she started singing and laughing. That's funny. But you can say. That's funny. Okay. I'm like, all right, I'll jump on 
Hey, Ben, very. Hey, Mufasa. She told me the other parts. And she played him, and I sang him. Boom, open up. She said, I'm telling you. I said, all right. I'm, where do I, where do hey. I, where do I, where do I, where do I, Jerome branching out, man. Yeah. If I see you on Broadway, man, do, do the do the one-man show. I'll open up. Hey, man, listen, diversify. So, again, they can check out Facebook? Uh, they can check me out on Facebook. Uh, you can put in Jerome Comedy. That should get it. Or Jerome Jerome. Because Facebook, you gotta have a last name. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, but now I like how you see because it's one name. I love that. Jerome, thank you so much for hanging out, man, doing the Comedy Fitness Podcast. And everybody out there, remember, check out the website, comedyfitness.com. Keep down, appreciate it. Keep downloading the podcast. And remember, everybody. Laugh your ass off. Thank you so much, Jerome. Appreciate it. Ha. Hey, everybody. How you doing? This is Don Gray. I just want to thank you so much for listening and downloading the Comedy Fitness Podcast. But I need your help. I need you to tell everybody about the Comedy Fitness Podcast. I need to tell everybody to go to the website, comedyfitness.com. Check out the website. Listen to the podcast. We're doing a lot of things on the website. We're going to expand it. Sign up for the newsletter. It's going to come out. I swear to God. There's workouts. There's videos coming. But right now, we're focusing on the podcast. So keep downloading it and check out comedyfitness.com. Thanks, guys. And remember, laugh your ass off. <laughs>